What's going on, guys? In today's podcast, I'm going to really try my very best to explain to you exactly why I think Trey Lance is the best quarterback in the 2021 draft class. First thing I want to kind of preface this with is um, yesterday, Chris Sims posted on Twitter his um, top quarterbacks of this draft. And a lot of people really, you know, somebody prominent, so to speak, comes out against Trevor Lawrence as the QB1. And a lot of the Twitter bullies went out there and basically just did not allow that. Everybody called him a name. It's like, dude, when someone says something you don't like, you don't have to resort to name calling like, or, or accuse or attack their character. Like, oh, he's a clickbait headline guy, this, that, and the other. It's like, dude, look at the guy. I'm not a huge Chris Sims fan necessarily, but look at his track record when it comes to quarterbacks. He's pretty damn good. You guys said the same thing last year, and I remember this because he was one of the very few analysts that agreed with me in the whole um, Herbert is better than Tua argument, you know? So I think that when you have something like that that's different than than the groupthink consensus, then maybe instead of calling it names, give it a chance. Listen to his podcast, maybe hear him out. Who knows? But just the idea that you can just attack someone and start calling names and insulting their integrity to me doesn't make a lot of sense, especially when you look back at Chris's track record over the last four or five years. I mean, he was the only one that was hitting on Patrick Mahomes. He was right on Herbert. He, he had Kyler Murray as QB one in that draft. Like his, his um, takes are in my opinion, genuine. And I think that he deserves to be treated as such. So that's my take on him. But, um, I just think that it, it it was eye-opening for me to to like I read I saw that tweet and I'm like, oh, he doesn't have he doesn't have Lawrence's QB one either, you know? No big deal. Like I didn't think a big deal of it. Then I like look at all the backlash he's getting, and I'm like, damn, people are like really upset that he doesn't agree with the consensus. It's crazy. Um, so I don't either. I don't I don't agree with Chris Sims list, but I also don't agree that Trevor Lawrence is QB one. And even if you even if I were to agree that he's QB one, which like like I said, I don't, it's definitely not that far of a of a difference, right? If you if I was to say, okay, fine, I'll give you that, right? It would not be by much. It's like we're really splitting hair. So the idea that Trevor Lawrence is is by far the best quarterback in this draft to me is just quite frankly bullshit. It's not true. I think that a big reason why Trevor Lawrence is consensus QB1, and now don't get me wrong, I'm high on Trevor Lawrence. I would not say that it's a bad pick if um, the Jags pick him number one overall. I think they probably will, and I totally see why. But now here's the thing, okay? With Trevor Lawrence, we are being fed the same kind of silver platter that we were fed the whole tank for Tua argument for multiple years before Tua came out in the draft last year. The reason being, it was polarizing, man, to see a kid come in as a true freshman with the bleach blonde hair, long blonde hair hanging out of his helmet to come in. He was he was put in in favor of a guy that was actually playing pretty well at for a while that season. Kelly Bryant, I think his name was, comes in on the national stage, absolutely destroys Alabama. We had even guys like Gil Brandt coming out and saying, this guy is pro-ready, this, that. like It was like anybody that could add gasoline onto that fire added gasoline onto that fire. So the whole tank for Tua thing, it was that 
on a little more gasoline on the fire, basically. It was like even more so than that, right? And I'm not, again, I'm not saying Trevor doesn't deserve some of the hype. He's a great quarterback prospect. But I've had people just as recently as yesterday tell me that if I say anybody is QB1 other than Trevor Lawrence, I've lost all credibility and, and no one should ever listen to me again. Just yesterday. And I've had that also said other times this week. <laughs> and I've also seen it said to other people this week. Excuse me. But um, when I look at it, right, I'll give you my reasoning for why I think Trevor Lawrence is, is uh, not the quarterback one. In fact, why I think Trey Lance is. And so, of course, I just wanted to kind of hammer that point home that the reason why you guys are so angry about this is because you've been fed this on this same silver platter for three years straight now. And it's been like, when Trevor Lawrence comes into that draft, you remember, he, no one else, he is the quarterback one. And like anybody that that defies that, it's like if you, it's like when you were a kid and you didn't want to believe Santa Claus wasn't real and somebody comes out, your older cousin says, hey dude, Santa Claus isn't real, man. You're like, you get angry at first. You're like, man, shut up. <laughs> you know, that's not something that you want to hear at that time. So Maybe Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in this draft. It's still possible, but it's also not going to be by some astronomical amount to where he is. Like, what do you think the chances are that he's just the greatest quarterback in NFL history? You Like, some of you guys think that it's a foregone conclusion that he is that. The same one of you guys that think that, last year we're calling me and Chris Sims idiots for having Justin Herbert ranked over to a Tagovailoa. And those same ones of you this year are ready for the Dolphins to draft a new quarterback because that's how, like, narrative-based you are. You know, if you actually watch film, and I'm not talking about watching the, the players, you know, live during the game while you're drinking a beer with your buddies. I'm talking about, like, it, it can be cut-ups on YouTube. That counts to me. But as long as you're actually watching those guys play after play and you're only watching them, and you're really like focused on that, right? And nothing else, you know, meaning you're not with, you're not with a bunch of friends, like talking to them. You're actually in a quiet place or whatever with some music in the background, watching the player play. When you do that, you'd be surprised how often the narratives don't align with what you see. Doesn't mean you're right, but it doesn't mean you're wrong either. It does. It means that the reason why, as a as an analyst, I watch the film is so I can give you my honest opinion. And I believe that the same can be said about Chris Sims. I think that he's telling you what he actually thinks after he watches film. I could totally see how somebody would watch Zach Wilson and say he is quarterback one. Totally. Totally. I'm not I'm not objecting it. You know, and, and honestly, I, I was close to that as well. I was very close to having him as my quarterback one as well. But let me explain just basically my overall thought process on the Trey Lance thing. So <clears throat> number one, obviously we know it's not an exact science. Number two, and this is really number one, I guess, when it comes to this kind of um, the evaluation argument, right? Is the guy that you're evaluating, and this is something you need to ask yourself when you're watching those, when you're watching tape, is this guy a great college player, a good college player, or 
is he a guy that's maybe good, great, or mediocre at the college level, but someone that I think will benefit from surroundings in the NFL and someone that I think has the can do certain things that I believe will translate to the NFL in terms of how he succeeds on a play-to-play basis. When he wins, does he do things that translate to the NFL game, right? And I think that is obviously very important to, to factor in. That's that's really the name of the game here. You know, that's that's what we're doing. There have been many great college players that cannot play pro football. Tim Tebow, how about that one? You know, how about all the Alabama quarterbacks before Tua? Those guys were winning national championships. No one was talking about tank for them. You know, no one was even drafting them in the first round in many cases. So that's just examples of great players that are that are really good or great college players, but that just are not NFL caliber guys, right? And there are many examples of mediocre college players that become dominant pros. Josh Allen. A lot of you didn't like Justin Herbert, but I thought he was a good college player. Most of you didn't. And he dominated as a rookie. He went into this, the NFL and had one of the best rookie seasons ever by a rookie quarterback. I mean, that's just what he did. What's the reason? Why is that happening? Why will there always be those cases? Well, other than traits, you know, obviously translatable traits that matter. Um, you've got situation, right? And when you're scouting and you look at Trey Lance's situation in comparison to Trevor Lawrence's, yeah, you can look at Trey Lance and say, hey, man, he had talent around him in, in comparison to what he was going up against. And I'll say, yep. But Trevor Lawrence was in a more talented and advantageous situation on a week-to-week basis, particularly in the 2020 season. He had a pretty easy schedule for the most part in 2020. Um, he lost to Ohio State. But on the season, he had a pretty soft, very smooth sailing schedule. And especially so when you consider the talent he was playing with versus what he was playing against. Even if you like Trey Lance's situation from a talent standpoint versus who he was playing against, you can't tell me that Trevor didn't have a bigger advantage on a week-to-week basis in that regard, right? I mean, Trevor's Clemson team is absolutely, like, considerably more talented on every level than most, almost every single opponent he played this season. So that's one aspect of situation. Another aspect of situation is, was Trevor or Trey Lance, which one was put into a scheme that accentuated what they can do more? Like, which one made was in a scheme that made them look better i think that you would look trey lance threw the ball 18 times a game in 2019 18 times a game uh, trevor lawrence was a guy that you know threw it a, a good amount and was in a situation where you know he could he could he was throwing a little bit more screen plays and things like that he wasn't always in situations where where Trey Lance was pushing the ball to the intermediate and deep levels of the field. And Trey Lance still completed 67% of his passes, 28 touchdowns, zero picks. Trevor Lawrence, I would say we can all agree, was in a more scheme-friendly environment, right? So that's another part of situation where Justin Herbert last year 
was throwing bubble screens when he had the bazooka on his right arm that he that he obviously possesses that people were literally telling me he wasn't going to be a good uh accurate deep ball passer or intermediate level passer in the nfl and he came out and just absolutely torched everyone deep particularly you know i think he had more deep passes than anybody for the most part at least at one point in the season late in the season he did but the point is that's an example of why i was saying and chris sims was saying he wasn't in a position to if you're just watching the game casually right if you're just watching it and you're like you know having a beer with your friends like me I, i watched the week one Oregon versus Auburn game last year with Herbert against uh, what's his name? Bo Nix over there at Auburn. And I was watching the game casually with a friend. I didn't even like, I wasn't, I didn't come away terribly impressed with Justin Herbert. But when I first watched the film and I did watch that Auburn game, I'm like, Oh wow. Because it wasn't necessarily the volume of good things that was, that he was doing as much so as it was, the types of good things he was doing when they happened. It was like, oh, wow. He he actually got a chance to rip it down the football field, and he made this throw. you know. And I shared most of those with you guys if you are following me on Instagram and or Twitter that this time last year. I, I really did my best to post as much of that stuff as possible because I just – I didn't like the narrative that was forming around how Justin Herbert was just trash. <laughs> it was crazy to me. But – that's how I'm starting to feel about Trey Lance. And, and and you guys, to be fair, are much more reasonable on Trey Lance in terms of like, you're not all just bashing it. Okay, so that's cool. Um, but like, okay, so scheme situation, talent around, they all matter, right? Now, age is another one, right? Age slash experience. When we look at Trevor Lawrence, we see a guy who has played now for three seasons, essentially, in Clemson's offense with that with that uh, talent advantage basically on a weekly basis. Every week, Trevor Lawrence's team has an advantage from a talent standpoint over his opponents. We've seen, and I have said this, an inconsistent Trevor Lawrence at times in terms of his accuracy. He will throw every now and then a, a bad, ugly interception. He will... Um, you know, he'll, he's just, he's a little bit inconsistent mechanically. From that, a mechanic standpoint, he's a little inconsistent, right? And when you look at the fact that that's, we're saying that now after watching him for three years straight. We're looking at Trey Lance and we're comparing 19-year-old first-year starter Trey Lance to third-year starter Trevor Lawrence. And guess what? It's not that much of a difference in terms of where they are at mechanically. So which one is more likely to get better at the next level when they get into a more advantageous scheme? Is Trevor Lawrence going to get into a more advantageous scheme? I think it'll stay the same, if anything. I think with Trey Lance, it's if what, what is his completion percentage going to look like if he actually has some little bubble screen plays, some quick game incorporated into his deep intermediate game. What's it going to look like when you actually design more running plays for him to get him rolling? What's it going to look like when he's a, look, I'm going to be real with you guys. Trey Lance is more physically talented in every way than Trevor Lawrence is. He is a better runner. 
a more dynamic runner, more dynamic athlete in general, and he has more natural arm talent. Trevor does certain things really well. Like he is really, really, um, his pocket awareness is very impressive. You know, he is, um, he can make every throw. But like everything I can say about Trevor Lawrence, aside from the pocket awareness aspect of him, Trey Lance can be better in every way. So when I look at them, right, you have to now balance the floor and the ceiling. When I look at Trey Lance, I think, or when I look at Trevor Lawrence, let's do him first. I think his floor, and I've said this several times, is like 2020 version of Kyler Murray. I think that's what you're getting if you spend the first overall pick on Tre- on Trevor Lawrence, you're getting, at worst, the 2020 version of Kyler Murray. The reason I say that is because Kyler was a little inconsistent as a passer this season and last season, but main, but also this season. And when you look at Trevor Lawrence, I think that the worry, the, the low end of what he will be, is a guy that's inconsistent as a passer, but really good as a runner. And also that has elite moments as a passer. Whereas when I look at Trey Lance, I think what's his worst case scenario? I think it's about the same. I mean, honestly, if you if you remove the bullshit, you remove the silver platter, and you just look at them for when they get into that NFL huddle on Sundays and they line up for that first play, what's the worst thing? Trey Lance could become, and what's the worst thing Trevor Lawrence could become? I don't think it's all that far off. Even if you say, well, Trevor has a slightly higher floor. I may even agree. But isn't it reasonable to assume that the 19-year-old could get better? And if he gets better... And he actually benefits from a scheme that's going to accentuate what he does. His floor is higher than Trevor's already. But my point is we are comparing 19-year-old Trey Lance to three-year starter at Clemson, Trevor Lawrence. You know, and uh, Lance is the more gifted player, guys. He just is. When I saw the one game in 2020 with uh, Trey Lance, you look at the stat sheet and you think like, oh, this guy sucks. You know, it wasn't a good game. Let me pull it up real quick. It was, it was, one second, guys, 149 yards. So he was 15 of 30. So 50% completion percentage, 149 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked three times. We're not even going to talk about what he did as a runner because he ran at 15 for 143 and two scores. Okay, we're not even going to get into that. What I saw from him in 2020, albeit not the most, you know, glamorous stat sheet stuffer in that game, but what I saw from him in that game was an improvement in the mental processing aspect of the game. I saw him being a more... Um, polished player generally. And I saw situational football out of him that was very impressive. And this kid, remember, 
in 2019, 28 touchdowns, no picks. He scored 42 touchdowns in 2019 as a 19-year-old, and he won the FCS championship. Yeah, so I don't know. When I look at these two guys, I totally understand if you have Trevor Lawrence rated ahead of him. But the way I look at this guy is his floor is basically just as high as Trevor Lawrence's. And his ceiling is higher because he's more naturally talented in every way. And when you look at, then you factor in what's more likely to happen. A 19-year-old to improve, especially one that was in a lesser system, lesser scheme, lesser talent around him, or lesser talent advantage per game than what Trevor Lawrence had. Is it more likely for that guy to get better? Or is it more likely for Trevor Lawrence, who's coming from essentially the perfect system, the perfect situation, is it more likely for him to get even better, to get into an even better situation? Is he going to, on Sundays, when he lines up with the Jacksonville Jaguars, is he going to go out there and have the same advantage from a talent standpoint that he did at Clemson? No. So you're telling me that the game – on top of the game getting harder because it's the NFL, it's going to get harder because it's going to be more of a level playing field. Like if you guys remember, Joe Burrow came out and he had a little bit of a hard time, right? People were like calling him a bus after two or three games because he was kind of struggling. He started playing much better over the final four or five games before he got hurt. But when you compare that with Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert was told he was starting – like five minutes before the Chiefs game, oh, by the way, the defending Super Bowl champs go out there and duel it out with Mahomes. He goes out there and throws for 300 yards. He looked like a guy that had been set free, whereas Burrow was in a situation where he was like, oh, shit, this is hard. And he had to kind of get him, gather himself, right? He still did great, but my point is he had to – that's the kind of jump I see it for being for Trey Lance. I see Trey Lance going to the NFL and I see it. I think it's likely that it could make him a better player right away. Whereas with Trevor Lawrence, I think that there will be a dip before there's a rise simply because it's going to get harder. I mean, there's just no other way around it. It's going to get harder. Trey Lance also is coming from a situation where again, throwing the ball only 18 times a game, right? And he was in a conventional pro-style offense. When they add a little bit more spread-ishness to him, <laughs> I know that's not quite a word, but when they add a little bit more of like a spread type of feel, like let him, let him get rid of the ball quick every now and then, let him also have some design runs, let him also hard play action, push it deep down the football field, let him use every blade of grass with that talent with NFL coaching, NFL talent around him. When people told me Josh Allen um, was going to have to play against NFL defenses and they said that like it was a bad thing, I said, no, 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 you're looking at it wrong. Josh Allen is about to get NFL talent to play with around him. And guess what? You got Stephon Diggs and the rest is history. So when I look at these guys, I just think it's more likely and I'm hitching myself to the belief that Trey Lance is going to improve 
more over the next five years than Trevor Lawrence will. And as it stands currently, I could make the argument that Trey Lance is already better than Trevor and he's like has several less years of experience. And he's had a smaller talent advantage on a week-to-week basis. And he's had a scheme that has limited what he can do. And he still made the most out of it. Yeah. So anyways, guys, that's why I've got Trey ahead of Trevor. And let me know what you guys think. I know that you all love Trevor. I get it. But um, it is what it is. We'll see how it goes. That's the end of the podcast. Talk to you later. Peace.